0: All right. How are you getting on? You well, you well How's things? How's your weekend? Um, how's your granny for slack? Is she ever off the bloody I tell you a text message must have blown your granny's mind. what did she think? get on to your gran there? Ask her what the story was with text messages when they came out. Did she literally did she freak out? You know? Did she start banging the ground with bones? Because she couldn't believe this technological advancement. Did she freak and and pick up a bone and smash in another granny's head? <laughs> And throw it in the air, and then the theme from Space Odyssey played did that happen uh when she saw the text message for the first time oh, oh, oh I'm gonna have to what am I gonna do with my carrier pigeon oh. that's the impression of your grand freaking out I ah, know look um no whatever you know no text you know it's mad technology out quick anyway like I'm not feeling I'm not feeling very well that's why that part was a shy, okay. That's why that the kind of yeah shoehorned in kind of space odyssey thing about your grand on using text. Method. I'm not feeling very well. I'm underwater. Uh, aren't we all? Says you. Well, we're hardly living in the clouds. We're hardly fiddly as fogs. Says you. Huh? Hey. Eh? Well, we're hardly in a balloon going across the bloody with a bunch of tortilla chips going across the world in eighty days. Are we? Says you. Uh, what? No. Uh, just every time I talk about clouds, people just stop listening to me. I talk about clouds a lot. Um I say like oh that's a cumulus and then no one gets it. I say like oh that's a bloody, you know, cumulus. Um, that's a stratus. Um I've told you time and time again. Time and time and time and time again, and I can't stop it. It's a single compulsion that I have that oh, no one else has, but if I'm in a taxi with a taximan or a taxi woman, um or taxin taxin B, uh and they say oh cold out there today. I can't, I can't help it. I know the truth of why it's cold, right? And it's cloud cover, right? Whether it is cloud cover. On a kind of a cloudy night, it's warmer than a not-so-cloudy night because of cloud cover. And I bring it up every time so, uh, a taxi man says, oh, it's cold out there. I say, that's because of the lack of the cloud cover. And it's met with absolute silence. It's almost like the chat also went the way of the heat past the clouds and out of this taxi. You know um i love making up stuff when i'm in it uh this isn't a bit um but i did do a bit i well I, this is a true thing that happened to me i did um as you know i'm a fair weather football fan right um and i stopped I, I was i supported growing up i liked the kit of aston villa so i wanted to be an aston villa supporter then my brother was like you know liverpool and so i started supporting liverpool again well, my brother was Liverpool, but I was like, actually, do you know what? I'm so disinterested. He keeps asking me what the players Aston Villa are. I don't know, right? Um, Dion Dublin, maybe he was one, right? Um, so I don't know. So then I started supporting Liverpool because my cousins and all were supporting Liverpool. And then, and then I moved to London and started supporting West Ham and and uh, because I lived in West Ham. And people still, people still were so cheesed off by the fact that I swapped football teams. I've gone back to Liverpool because I started doing particularly well. They won me back. They won me back. They came crawling back. Like, Tony, please, we got a hot German coach now. He's really lovely. He cheers all the time. Makes the, the lads feel like a million dollars, right? And I'm like, well, all right, fine. Fine. Are you in the Champions League? Fine. You know? Um, so I went back to Liverpool. But in my brief stint at West Ham... I was in a taxi and I started chatting to the taxi man. And he's like, what team do you support? And I'm like, it's funny. And it literally was this week I'd swapped football teams. And I said, it's so funny you mentioned that to me, Mr. Taxi Man, because I've actually changed my football team Uh, this week. uh, I used to support Liverpool and now I support West Ham. And he actually said to me, right? Another man to another man. He said, I hope your mates took fucking lumps out of you for doing that. This is in London, right? And... I was like, why? And he's like, swapping teams. What the hell's wrong with you? And I said, why? Well, who do you support? And he's, he says West Ham. He said West Ham. He was a West Ham fan. I didn't want any new ones. Didn't want one. So after that, and actually just, with the greatest respect to them, seeing some of them on the way to the matches, I was like, ooh. You know, I think, I think my people, I think Liverpool's more of my scene. I think I even though I don't really mind, I don't, you know, if I have it on, it's purely so that my wife thinks that I'm a man, you know, and I react. and am like, ah, what? You know, uh, but I don't like it. I don't like football. I just don't like football. Oh, my fucking kid. I don't like football. All right. Okay. Okay. My friends, WhatsApp group. All right. They talk about football. I don't like it. All right. You probably figured that out. But the fact I'm trying to steer every conversation into uh, how Andrew Garfield was maybe the best Spider-Man in No Way Home. All right. Maybe you picked up that I'm actually not watching this match. And they can be so cruel. They can be so cruel. Why can't you just be happy for me and my team? Like, I get your team didn't do well, but why can't you just be happy for my team? You know, can you not understand that it's important to me? Be very, very cruel. Very, very cutthroat. Um, you know, and we're very, you know, very loving. Um, anyway, whatever. Yeah. Uh, anyway, how's, um how's, I went to go see um Lightyear. The Buzz Lightyear movie. Kept telling my son, there's a big movie. We're going to go see the big movie. And he was delighted. You can do a lot with inflections, right? And to be fair to him, he sat there for about an hour and a half. Now, for the last 10, 15 minutes, I couldn't, I wasn't, I wasn't able to follow the plot, unfortunately, because he was kind of like jumping up and down and he kind of wanted, you know, it was a family kind of screening, an advanced screening of Lightyear. Um, Prompt to the cinema. Prompt to the cinema, start crying, start crying, pulling into the cinema. Because I was thinking about how I like, but how I grew up with toy. I was way older, you know, like nine or, you know, eight or nine. Uh, seeing Toy Story, you know, uh, I tell you something that now this is something that wound me up, right? Because I'm a child, because I am maybe a toxic. No, I'm not toxic. I'm not toxic. And do you know what? There's been a lot of toxic fan. Terry called this toxic. Because I said, she said, how was the movie? And the first thing I said was, well, do you know, it pissed me off, right? It's a sci-fi movie, right? Lightyear. And it's a sci-fi. It's clear, clearly Pixar realizing that they have the some serious processing power now to make a decent sci-fi adventure, right? Big, crazy new worlds, exciting creatures, you know? Action set pieces that happen every 15 minutes, you know? Um And an interesting story, an unexpected uh, story that is more complex than you would expect from a Buzz Lightyear movie, which you would be led to believe after, you know, when you watch Toy Story and you watch the kind of the influence when they play the Buzz Lightyear game, when, you know, they're, you know, just when you see the Buzz Lightyear packaging, when you see the ads for Buzz Lightyear, you just think this is like a Flash Gordon. This is a, you know, this is, these are sci-fi serials. These are the sort of thing that, you know, Andy can just get into, Andy the boy from Toy Story that he'd be like oh this is just a kind of by the numbers adventure he goes in he saves the day you know he goes in kills Zerg you know in the same way the toys were advertised to you and you know that you see the adventures of He-Man so they can sell you the toys that you watch you know the turtles goes into syndication the Power Rangers it's 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 these set pieces that they they show up there's a villain Oh, all hope is lost, and then they best the villain. Like, that's that's an adventure. That's a cartoon adventure story. That's what I assumed, and that's what I still think Buzz Lightyear is, right? But it pops up on the screen before the movie starts. Because everyone was like, what is this going to be? Is this is it actually going to be Buzz Lightyear? Is Woody going to be involved? I mean, of course not. It's a sci-fi adventure of Buzz Lightyear. It's kind of like what the actual Buzz Lightyear would have been, right? But this is what annoys me, Right? And I don't think this is toxic for me to say. It pops up on Before the Thing Starts, right? It says, in 1995, a boy named Andy got a Buzz Lightyear uh, action figure. He got it for his birthday after seeing his favorite movie starring Buzz Lightyear, essentially. you know, This is that movie, it says. This is that movie. Not even this is that character or this is that. This is inspired from that movie or or this is uh, this is a reboot of that character not in toy form it's convoluted I get it it's much easier to say this is the movie that Andy saw but 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 no I cannot accept this I cannot accept this for a multitude of reasons. One, the effects are too good for 1995. Okay, that's boring. The effects are incredible. It looks spectacular. It moves at such a clip. If a movie like this came out in 1995, four years before episode one, it would have been the single greatest piece of sci-fi entertainment in history, right? And maybe in Andy's world that happens, but I don't believe that, right? Secondly, without giving any spoilers away, it is not very a very traditional story buzz has to learn buzz is not chin and everything just going out there saving the day like a traditional 90s hero would be buzz is has a you know has a lot of hubris buzz takes a lot of pride in being a space ranger he's you know he 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 also also the villain is not as black and white as it just being his arch enemy you know and of course you can't make a movie like that in 2022. Because people won't tolerate it. You have to have villains that are like Michael B. Jordan. Black Panther good. You know? that You have to do the, the the Pixar switcheroo. Where your man from up is actually the baddie. You know? You have to do those kind of things. We've moved on. You cannot just say this is the baddie. And that's the goodie. But in the 90s you could. So that is not... Look. Look. It's fine. I'm here for the reboot. I'm here for the legacy sequel. I'm here for you deciding that you've realized that you have an IP... In Buzz Lightyear. To do sci-fi movies. And I'm here for that. But don't tell... Don't take unnecessary journeys of faith and have me believe this is the film that Andy saw uh, in in the cinema in 1995. When he in real life looked like a fucking freak. And his dog next door looked like a fucking triangle of a pixel. Disgusting piece of crap. Right? Right? When they look like that in real life, and they're going to see Chris Evans' chiseled chin and some of the most impressive visual effects for a Pixar or for an animated movie, is he not looking in the mirror? Is 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 Andy's man not looking at his little her little door in the in the 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 mirror? Listen to Hakuna Matata thinking, "Oh my God, what is wrong with our faces? If that is what it looks like in real, if that's what a movie looks like, don't give that to me. I will not tolerate it." Okay. So look, I don't think that's toxic for me to say that I, I prefer they don't retcon Buzz Lightyear and say that he started off as a as a as a blockbuster that the first time Andy saw Buzz Lightyear was in a twenty twenty two blockbuster said in nineteen ninety five. It's petty. I know it's petty. I know it's petty, but it's all I have. It's all I have, right? So just don't do that to me. Just say, hey, look, in 1995, a kid called Andy got a toy called Buzz Lightyear after his favorite TV show. This is the reboot. Fine. That's what it is. Don't act like, oh, I wonder what Andy thought of that. And especially, sorry, when we get into the ending, right? And when we get into Zerg, I'm not going to spoil anything, right? But when we get into the ending, I mean, Zerg is not a pantomime villain. You know, I think that's the kind of point I'm going for. Buzz is not just, you know just pure good and zerg is not pure bad these are the simple things like shredder is just a baddie right krang uh, is just a baddie okay skeletor is just a baddie what does he want evil what does he-man want good you know that's what i want out of my toys it makes things simple this is not that for a kid so for him to be like buzz lightyear kill zerg you know save the day i don't know if that you know buzz lightyear has to learn across this movie yes it's and it's also advertised like an origin story for Buzz Lightyear but it's an origin reboot and I'm fine with that I'm fine with that and give me Star Command they already did a tv show Buzz Lightyear Star Command right that's meant to be the show that Andy watched so you can't just be like oh no this is actually a movie that Andy watched anyway look listen I like complaining about this right I just like it I enjoy it okay it's not toxic I'm not asking for the head of anyone right it's a billion dollar corporation do this I'm a blip I'm a nothing Right? I even saw it for free. Thank you very much, Disney, by the way, for sending me tickets. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I just like to complain, okay? Similarly, like we're watching Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? Most of my media is Disney these days. I'm putting on Disney Plus sooner than I am. Miss Marvel watched that. I thought that first episode was great. I thought it was really fun. It was really, it just, it seemed like it had a voice. It seemed like the showrunner of of that show is just like, I know exactly what this show is and I'm going to keep it consistent throughout the whole thing. Very funny comedy, lighthearted, interesting, captivating, phenomenal performances. Very fun, fun edited, very original, very fresh. Really enjoyed it. Maybe the best, maybe the best pilot of a Disney Plus show that I've seen. Um. no, WandaVision captivated me. I couldn't believe what we were seeing. I couldn't believe they were just doing a full, proper um, 50s uh, sitcom. Anyway, look, so I was also watching Obi-Wan. And I'm not going to talk about that now. I'm going to save that for a later episode when I have watched them all. But, like, I was sitting there. I was groaning. I was telling Terry, was, music to her ears, exactly what they need to be doing to fix the show. She was loving it. She was like, yes, Mortis," you know. Uh, I know she was like, stop, you're ruining this for me. Um, and I was like, Terry, look, I'm enjoying this. You have to appreciate that I'm enjoying telling you what's wrong with it. I'm still watching it, you know, but she said I was I had to kind of rein it in a little bit. I just think look, no, I'm not gonna I'll, uh, I'll very brief, right? I think the screenplay is bad. I think every episode dialogue is bad. And I feel bad for you, McGregor, because I feel like he was given a bad hand in the prequels with all of his dialogue, and he made the most of it. He's the best Obi-Wan that we've ever had. Just purely for the amount of emotions he's able to get out of the final. I'm not talking about Star Wars too long, right? I'm just going to say this. I'm thinking of my dad. My dad hates when I talk about Star Wars. I wish he didn't talk about Star Wars as so much, son. Right? Um, <laughs> so that, obviously the ending, the final battle. The only thing that we kind of know happened, you know, in the prequels, right? That's the only thing. And that, you know, Vader had kids and they were separated. That's the only thing that we even know. So kind of Obi-Wan is is integral, for, you know, bringing the kid to Tatooine. And then obviously the final battle. And the, you're the chosen one, you know. And all that. Like, that is the scene. You could probably skip the entire prequel trilogy. And just want to watch that scene. And you would get a sense of exactly what you need to know. It, just in that one scene. It is the seminal. Is that the word I'm looking for? It's the most, most important scene. And he delivers it with a plumb. Right? Alec Guinness, he's great. He's a lot of status. He's a lot of presence. You know? Only a master of evil, Darth. He's fine. But Ewan McGregor's better, so I just feel like out of everything you could have possibly given you McGregor, the only thing they knew is that they wanted to bring Ewan McGregor back as as, as Obi Wan in some way, and I don't think this is that. It feels like could they not have just given a one just just one little adventure? Does it ha- It doesn't have. Does it have to be connected? Is there other? Is there other? You know, research groups that Disney are listening to that I'm maybe maybe do I have it wrong? Do I have it wrong that I don't want to see Star Wars connected anymore, that we've seen everything we need to know about Luke Skywalker, everything we need to know about Princess Leia, you know, that we know we know everything, and that they just leave all those characters and just go off and tell new adventures. I really wanted to have Obi-Wan just kind of walk the Earth like Kane in Kung Fu, just solving people's problems. If they're on Tatooine, so be it. We've seen a lot of Tatooine. Fine. Anyway, look, moving on. Uh, I'll talk about it more uh, in an upcoming episode. Um, What else is going on with me? Here's another thing going on me, right? I couldn't believe. I honestly couldn't believe this. I was my my jaw hit the floor when I found this out, right? I was picking up my in laws from uh from the airport, right? And um, and I didn't want to do a whole thing of like working out the timings for departures, right? They have their own form of communication that wouldn't be exactly my form of communication, right? Things get lost in the cracks. I, I, I texted him three times and said, hey, just let me know when you have your bags, right? I don't want to know when you landed on the plane. I don't want to know when you boarded the plane. Just let me know. I'm following everything on the app here, right? Just let me know when... Um, <laughs> when you have your bags. I call them and they're through passport control. But anyway, that's not the issue right now, right? This is exactly the point. I didn't want to have to coordinate some way of figuring out from when they touch down on the plane, because this is what we ha- I've had to do every single time I get pickup from the airport. The plane touches down. I have to coordinate with my mom or with someone else exactly how long I think that's going to take me from where we landed on the plane to where I'm actually going to be up in departures, not arrivals, in departures, right? Right to time it exactly as the car comes by. For whatever reason this is the only way I've ever been picked up from the airport is timing it exactly with departures. Sometimes I don't sometimes I time it uh, a little bit weird and then I'm standing there. I look like I'm standing there waiting for someone to pick me up and I'm like, "Oh, people, the, the guards are going to arrest me now because they know a crime's about to be committed." Right? Everyone's real terrified of getting caught being picked up at departures or I'm, you know, I'm too early and in other cases I'm too late where I my ma has been there and then I didn't come out in time. And then she's had to move around. She has to drive all the way around the fucking M1, the m and all that shit and come back. I'm picturing her on two wheels being like, ah, you're so fucking late, you know. It's always been there's been no stress up to the, up to landing, right? There's been usually no stress. I'm there. I've had my headphones on. I've got like a Stansted Express from London. I've gotten to the airport. I've got all my bags. I've gone through everything. Timings have been all right. I've been on a plane. I've been traveling for four hours stress-free. But now I've landed in Dublin and the stress just hits you like a ton weight because you have to get to departures in a perfect time. So I was assuming, I was assuming, That the only reason you would ever willingly bring all this stress into your life of timing this Danny Ocean heist of getting the car at departures at the same time the passenger is there, right? I would have assumed that the airport car park, right? because I've never been picked up with them just standing there at the airport maybe once maybe once in ever right but very rarely right i would have assumed that the that the actual car park itself cost 7000 euro i would have assumed that an hour it was a 7000 euro an hour to park in dublin terminal 1 car park right dublin airport terminal 1 that's what i would assume right <laughs> i was flabbergasted to find out all of this, all of this stress that my family—hey, who are we kidding? That my mom has willingly <laughs> has willingly brought on her life, on our lives, right? Has been to avoid paying the sum of three euro, three, three euro. <laughs> I looked at my phone. How much is how much is it? No, that's got to be wrong. That's got to be like a car park miles away. No, the one right beside the arrivals, right? It's three. It's the price of a Tesco meal deal. We have been pulling these heists every multiple times a year since the age I was sixteen to avoid paying the price of a latte. Is what we've been doing in this family. I couldn't. My mama- <laughs> My mom ordered Santa hats, big Santa hats, for Christmas dinner, to fit on every single seat, so the back of the seat looked like a big Santa head, right? She has a Santa that you stand on around the toilet. You know a little mat for the toilet? There's a big Santa hat on that, and then the cistern has a Santa hat as well. There are Santa trousers for the knives and forks. You put them, they're like little legs. The knife's a leg, and there's a fork is the leg, and they fit in little Santa trousers, right? But all this kit from AliExpress, right? (laughs) But with books. No way! Is she ever given the DAA that three euro? No way! She will fight tooth and nail. <laughs> I'm like we have started. Me and my mom have start, started every single conversation of me coming back to Dublin or being picked up from holiday having a fight. We warm up at some point when we get to, like, the Oscar trainer road when she's bringing me down to, to her home to Rahini, right? We warm up around the Oscar trainer road and we're like, actually, no, do you know what? Yeah, the, the trip was good. It was fine because we've been fighting the whole time because of this botched heist that we all have to deal with <laughs> because we didn't time it right. And it was to avoid three euro. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. But all it's a generational thing because my father-in-law was also like, I'm very surprised. I'm very surprised now to see you picking us up here. You know, we didn't, because he, <laughs> he sent me, I sent him like, I that's exactly what I was like. I was going to park in there. There's 5G, right? I was, uh, I was watching Old Dogs <laughs> on Disney Plus, right? I was watching Old Dogs. This is not an ad for Disney, this whole podcast, right? I was watching Old Dogs, a film with John Travolta and Robin Williams. And um, I didn't even get to watch five minutes of it. Because then all of a sudden I'm getting these texts being like, hey, we've just landed. It's going to be 25 minutes until we're out. And I'm like, that's, look, I, thanks for telling me that uh you know my, my mother-in-law I'm like thanks for telling me that but again i have it timed exactly so that when you actually have your bag i think that'll be exactly the same time that i will actually get to um i will actually be able to get to from where i am i'm very close to arrivals just tell me that because i'm already here then i get sent a live <laughs> a live uh, pin from my father-in-law i'm like that's fine again thank you very much for all this extra information but i'm just i just needed you to tell me when you've and then I said to, this to Terry and she's like, they've definitely gone rogue. They've definitely gone on ahead. Called them now. So I called them and he's like, yeah, we're through passport control. Just different ways of communicating. Look, we have just different ways of communicating. But I know I've said this on the pod before, right? I do not know what it is about the last half hour of air travel that everyone just compounds all the stress into the last half hour. Like you, you've always like any flight is about four hours worth of travel, right? At least, All like in terms of packing everything, getting everything ready, being on your feet, heading to the airport on the other side, then the flight itself, then everything that goes along with that. It's at least four hours, but the last half hour. You know, you're in a foreign country, you've gotten the coach or the bus to the airport, that was delayed, you're like, oh, God, well, luckily we have enough time here for the airport, and then you go through security, that takes ages, you're not angry at that, you're just going through, you're dealing with it, and then you're there, you are you go to the gate too early to board, you're still waiting, then they say you're boarding, but not you, they're actually boarding priority, you're not a priority, and then they actually do, and ah, all right, go on, get, get on, and then all of a sudden they do that Ryanair switcheroo, where they're like, actually, yeah, you're not actually boarding, they are just waiting on the stairs, you had a nice little seat there, didn't you, you were nice and warm, now you're on the stairs, and then they bring you down to the fucking tarmac and you're like, hey, all right, here's the stairs. All right, go on. Do you want to go on the front stairs or the back stairs? And you're like, oh, I don't know. You're queuing to get up the stairs There's a lad with the greatest spectrum on crutches. You're not angry at that, but it's taking a while to get to your seat. And then you're like, oh, where am I going to see? And then you have to walk all the way down to the back of the plane because you should actually go on the second stairs. You walk all the way to the back. You put your bag away. It's somewhere on the other side of the plane. You're sitting there to taxi. It's like an hour. They finally find a runway that you can get in you're flying you're in the air you're fine this is fine whatever you're reading your magazine you're you're spending too much on a fucking shit uh, kind of soggy panini you know and then you land and as soon as you land it's just all the stress happens. Lads are just standing. People start to unbuckling their belt. They're like the Lincoln thing has just hit hit the ground. And lads start taking out their belt. They're going for their bags, even though they're not supposed to. They're like, they haven't even found the stairs for you to get off the plane. But lads are just standing there hunched over in pain, contorted. Like some fucking circus act. Because they cannot wait to get off here. And then they're steamrolling past everyone else to get off. And then it's the exact same... Like they're running. They are running to get off this plane. To just go to the exact same queue. Long queue for passport control baggage getting your bags. Everyone's sprinting, sprinting to get to their bags that have not been taken off. You, Great job. You beat your bag. You are now officially faster than your bag. Is that the only... What, and then you go through and everything. You're open to departures. You're like, where are they? Oh, why aren't they here? You're calling them. They're not answering. There's weird. There's a weird you know, sunspot that is blocking coverage for some reason that you just can't call. All oh, the stress is there. What, and they could just meet your rivals for three quid you know there's no stress you don't have to be you don't have to come out yet i'll be there right i'm sitting there in the car park i'm watching old dogs on my phone if you're an hour fine if you're 15 minutes fine you know what i mean in fact they they were only they were very short there was they were out from like 20 minutes from when the plane landed i was actually a bit annoyed because i was really getting into the flick you know but like I i have everything you know i have a car i have somewhere warm to sit I have 5G, I have my phone, and my young is nowhere there trying to claw it out of my hand. Do you know what I mean? I have everything I've ever wanted. <laughs> so you can take as much time as you want. If I'm picking you up, look, my policy is if I'm picking you up from the airport, it's going to be the most stress-free experience of your life. And we might even stop at McDonald's on the way home. Do you know what I mean? I'm just that kind of guy. No stress, no stress, no stress. But I don't know what it is. People, people, get, people get very, very stressed in the car. There's something to having to do it right now. Like, do you know what? And I say this all the time if you're behind me, if you're behind me, right, and that light has just gone green, and it's taken me a second to realize that it's gone green, if you have just given me a little huh, a little beep, a little huh, guess what, bro? Guess what, bro? I know I've said this before, but I, I guess you didn't realize that that horn is also my go slower button. You have just hit the 40 kilometers an hour button. You have just hit the Make the lad in front of me drive 40 kilometers an hour. That's the button you just hit by giving me that little hunk, right? And it's a life lesson I need to teach you. That you don't sweat the small stuff, right? Just be chill, right? Give me that little honk, huh? And then you're driving over a, a single line that you're not meant to overtake, but you overtake me on the right and you go around to the front. You're speeding ahead to show me how fast you are. And then guess what, pal? We're still going through the same red light. You know what I mean? Oh, was all that. was all that. Huh, around the corner. And then we just stop at the exact same light. Is that worth it? Do you know what I mean? Let's chill, pal. Take a chill pill. I tell you, something I realized is what you can do to stop stress. Especially, everyone gets so stressed in a car, right? I was coming back from Kilkenny, driving down the old M9, right? Oh, I made an awful joke. Well, I didn't actually say it live because... Um, uh, Kevin MacArthur, um talked me out of it. I, I also probably shouldn't have brought it up. Comedians hate when you say, hey, I've got a joke. Will you listen to it? But I did this to, like David Odarty and Amy Gallagher, and I was like, hey, will you listen to my new joke? And I was like, yeah, I was driving down. I always forget when you're driving down the old M9 that um, you know, you're on it for like about an hour and a half. You think you know where it's going, then there's that massive twist at the end, the old M9. Oh, sorry, I'm thinking of the M9 Shyamalan, All right. And I was like, uh, oh, my God. My peers of comedians, crickets, crickets, tumbleweed, shite, shite. That use of energy has has made you unfunnier, appear unfunnier to your peers. Anyway, so anyway, I was driving in the M9 on the way back from Kilkenny, and I told Terry to be back at 10 o'clock because we're going to the young fella's cousin's birthday, right? Um, My nephew's, my nephew's birthday. And so I, I, when I got onto the M9 and I saw how long Google was telling me it was going to be to my door, right? It said 1005 <laughs> right it's at 10 10.05. So 05 so it's gonna be five minutes late and i'm like no, i'm not having any of that right so i drove luckily it was very early in the morning i mean i'm on the road it was like you know half eight but i drove like a fucking maniac i was like a speed demon i was going way faster that was lead then was legal right for like an hour for like too long there was when there was anyone on the road i was going back down to the regular you know speed you know And then you would overtake. And then when I had good pockets of no one else on the road, I was driving wild, right? And for driving ultra vigilant, looking around me, checking for speed cameras, looking around to see if there was anyone else, you know, making sure that I was driving in a straight line, that any kind of like slight turn, you know, my turn off, you know, you're going. I was very intense. it was very panicky, right? And I was driving. And for an hour of driving like that, I saved three, again, three minutes. I put my car and my body through s- serious speedy stress for like an hour. And I saved you know three three minutes. And I find that a lot a lot of the time. I'm always I, I, have, I, have, a, I have a tendency to get stressed around time. I have a tendency to say to do something stupid. Like, tell someone that I'm going to be there at a time to make them like me, you know? Hey, I'll be there at 3 o'clock. I haven't a fucking hope. I'm not even going to have my shoes on at 3 o'clock, right? I know that, but I'll say 3, and then you will get five texts from me saying, I'm so sorry about this. Why? Why? I'll be there at 5. I don't know if we'll be there at 5. Ah, well then, I guess, then no problem. I'll see you another time, you know? I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, right? So I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to be better, you know? Anyway, look, I have to leave it there, unfortunately, for today. Uh, thank you very much for listening to this pod, um, but I'm a bit under the weather. I've got a few things I have to do today, and that's as much time as I have allocated to this task for this week. But look, if you like this podcast and you would like to hear more of this podcast, you can do so over on patreon.com forward slash Tony Cantwell. Over there, uh, I've got all sorts of podcasts. I did my top 10 things I can't live without, little gadgets and uh, clothes and uh, foodie things that I tend to eat and enjoy. That's the most recent episode over there. Uh, I did uh, how to throw the ultimate jubilee party for a lizard, if if you're into my uh, The Queen is a Lizard conspiracies, uh, check that out, that's how to throw uh, a jubilee party. I talked about um, all the issues of Passport Express recently and my history with uh, being almost banned from getting a passport, as well as a review of Top Gun, the original Top Gun over there. Uh, and then what else? What else is over there? I did a Friday the 13th episode that was a list of bad superstitions, as well as a Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. That's what I've been talking about in the last month over on the Patreon. So if you would like to consider uh, listening to more of this podcast and giving me the equivalent of a pint a month for it, you can do so over there. Or also just, you know what, uh, if you enjoy this podcast you have for the last two and a half years and you think, you know what, I wouldn't mind putting my hand in my folk... Uh, Uh, and there's no, you know, you're not locked in forever. If you want to do it for a month, just try it out. You can do that. You can also do it for a month, listen to, like, a 100 episodes, download them all, and then leave if that's your bag. If that's your bag, you know, whatever. If that's what you're going to do, that's what you're going to do. But one of the benefits you do have if you do join the Patreon is you get early bird access to all the gigs, and I've had some gigs entirely sell out just by people who have uh, bought them through uh, Patreon. So I'm going to be announcing in the next... Few weeks, uh, a July or August date for London, and that will have early dibs tickets for you guys if you're a Patreon subscriber. Um, and that will be the live pony show, stand up show. But I'm also going to be announcing some live podcasts with different topics, different panel of guests on them. Um, and probably going to be about six now between now and November. So they will be announced uh, and. Again, as I said, Patreon subscribers will get uh, early access to all those gigs. Some gigs, though, that already have been announced. Uh, I'm going to be performing um, from the 21st uh, of July, yeah, Thursday the 21st, all the way to uh, Sunday the 24th, in the Paddy Power Comedy Festival in Ivy Gardens. Um, some very fun lineups. I'm on one with Sean Burke, I'm on one with Killian Sunderman, I'm on one with Alison Spittle, I'm on one with Kevin McGahorn, I'm on one with Patty Harrison, who I'm a huge fan of, uh, from I, I Think You Should Leave. Um, and there's a lot of fun gigs that are going to be happening. It's a really fun, it's probably the best. Uh, weekend for Irish comedy uh, is the old Ivy Gardens is a great buzz and the gigs are always really fun so they're available on Ticketmaster uh, and then as well there's the live Vicker Street show which will be a live podcast a live Moonchor Ragnarok uh, shit show podcast that'll be happening in Vicker Street on September the 17th if you had tickets to the previous gig that's been delayed to this one um, and there's still tickets available for that if you want to check it out so listen also I'm going to be playing at Other Side uh, Festival uh, July July Sunday July 10th Um, and I think I'm on the same bill as Peter McGann and Killian Sunderman as well for that so that'll be a lot of fun so uh, I hope to see you there and uh, take care, all the best, bye bye